0: If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. I helps to get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it. Whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you can find fine podcast content. You could for some reason, find Kyle and myself. Feel free to connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, pod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge, I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by a man who's opening up a business selling life preservers on Lake Austin, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you?
1: Pour some out for all the fallen heroes of the Battle of Lake Austin, one of the greatest Texas-based, inland Texas-based naval battles of the last hundred years. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I don't know, uh, Gerald, There's there's been some weird news uh, out of all kinds of parts of the country, but it, you know, sometimes it hits home, and you, and you really just... Um, you think about it, man. It's a crazy voter suppression going on in there. No, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i doing good, Gerald. This week is uh, game week. I'm, I'm giddy. It's weird. I mean, it's game week for multiple sports. It feels like a kind of piece of normalcy. NBA's in playoff mode. Some people are excited about the NHL being in playoff mode. I mean, it's it's we shouldn't forget <laughs> that we're in the middle of a pandemic and there's an important election coming up and all those kinds of things too. But
0: hey, most importantly, it's fall and sports are back, baby. So sports are not important. I say that as somebody who gets paid to talk about them twice a week. But the level of fun that I need... That I have not had over the last six months uh, is is just at an all-time high, and so we're here to talk real quick. Uh, this is normally in the season where we would do our like previous game recap episode, but because Texas pushed its kick a week and did not have a week-one opponent, we're going to talk about the newly unveiled depth chart. From the University of Texas, Tom Herman had his presser this uh, this morning at the time of recording, and so we've got a quite a bit of uh, news to talk about, about some surprises coming out of the depth chart. We'll obviously down the 40, and we'll close the show out with some bang the drum, but like I just mentioned, Tom Herman, the head coach of the potential college football playoff entrant, at least if you listen to Curb Street. Uh, Texas Longhorns held his first game week press conference on Monday, gave a little bit of insight into some injuries. Uh, Calvante Dixon, wide receiver, and Isaiah Hookfin are listed as doubtful for Saturday. Hookfin was a guy who a lot of people expected to be on the two deep for the offensive line, so we'll see how that shakes out. Dele Adeohe, who um, took a... um, Took a Roshan to the chest, apparently got injured, but he will be cleared for practice on Sunday. Reese Moore is going to have his knee scoped. So Herman gave us a little bit of insight into what the rest of the season is going to look like, at least from his expectations. A couple of things. Uh, most every scholarship player will get some meaningful snaps this season, Herman said, uh, after being asked about, you know, what what's going on with eligibility and all of that. Uh During game weeks, players will be tested three times for COVID-19 on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to make sure that they are being diligent with that. He also confirmed that Brendan Schooler, wide receiver, and running back Gabriel Watson are with the team and eligible to play on Saturday. Uh, Schooler, he said, actually took some snaps with the second team in practice. And when asked about what groups he feels good about, uh, quarterback Obvi, (laughs) offensive line and defensive line, he feels like the interior is going to be an asset for the Longhorns, and then soon after the depth chart dropped, and that's what we're going to spend most of our time, Kyle, talking about today. And so, as you look at the depth chart, there were some surprises there as far as who's in what spot. But if you if you had to pick it, one thing, Kyle, that's your biggest surprise. What would you say it is?
1: Um, well, I mean, the the offensive line is is an interesting part, right? I mean, we didn't know leading up to this for sure what the five would be. Um, it, it, I mean, we had a pretty good idea of, uh, kind of the left to middle of Cosme Angelao and Kerseter, Um, but I do think that, um, Okafor, we weren't sure if he was going to, hopefully we, I, I preferred him playing at guard, which it looks like he'll be Christian Jones, uh, moving in there uh, is pr- probably not a surprise, um, to anyone who's looked at him, watched him. He's just a, a hulk of a man. Um, but I think a lot of people who couldn't watch him every day, would say if he's our starter, that isn't a bad thing. That means that he stepped up. Um, the probably most interesting part of the, the second unit, of the offensive line for me, um, is uh, your boy, uh, our, our dude, uh, Big D Hawk, coming in and saying Andre Carrick, getting that immediate backup to Sam Cosme, left tackle, kingmaker, you, um, UT over here basically turning three stars into first-round draft picks uh, at the reg from the left uh, tackle position. And it looks like Andre Carrick gets the the nod to be the, the next in line there. Uh, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that next year he'll slot in immediately at that spot line's move, but uh, is the second team left tackle. So offensive line in general was interesting. I've been waiting patiently for months to see that uh, come out. And, uh, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about that spot. What do you think?
0: D Hawk came on this this podcast and you know he obviously has to talk up his guys a little bit but the fact that he was he was right that I think Carrick has a really high ceiling and he said he's going to get in there and and prove himself so um the center the center left guard situation is also interesting to me because you've got Gramai and Jake Majors being listed as or for both of those spots where Gramai is the two or Majors at guard where Majors is the two or Gramai at center which I like Gramai coming out of high school um I hope he's able to find a spot I think he's a really talented young man and the the center experiment maybe just isn't working out for him I was also surprised to see Tariq Black at number one at the X receiver in front of Brendan Eagles Uh, a guy who is I think the the at least by yardage right the return the the returning leader in this unit so like seeing him get overtaken by a guy who showed up for fall camp uh, at that outside wide receiver spot, uh, Jake Smith and Whittington were both mentioned by Herman as two of the the best players out of camp. So seeing Smith and Whittington, obviously, at the inside receiver. But I think one of the things that surprises me, or maybe not surprises me the most, but like was a bit eye-opening for me, is on the defensive line, actually. Uh, Alfred Collins is number two at that three technique behind Taquan Graham, which... <laughs> Alfred Collins looked like a grown man coming out of high school, but the fact that he just straight-up jumped Daniel Carson and is kind of in the catbird seat to really get some significant playing time at the three technique is uh, really, really impressive. Oh, it's
1: exciting. I mean, it, it, it's always tough, right? We I just talked about Carrick on the offensive side. It's always tough when you look at the big guys as, as 18-year-olds to project. You, you, you kind of don't want them playing, and again, we've talked – I don't know how many countless times on this podcast that we want to be in a situation where if a guy is playing at that age, it's because he's that good and you can't not play him. As opposed to necessity and that's what this feels like um so i think getting big al uh big al which is i believe the nickname that uh, herman has been using and coaching staff has been using for him which is perfect and uh appropriate i think it's going to make him a fan favorite amongst many other things including quarterback uh you know demolitions but um i I think it's amazing right that's great layout working uh, you know behind worked his way up to number two uh that jack spot behind osai which again most if you don't follow this religiously and you ended at the Alamo bowl and you're picking it back up week one, you may be surprised to see, cause he's been, you know, a tight in depth guy who's, who's now, you know, probably going to see some uh, meaningful plays at the Jack position when he rotates in. Um, I'll just say this uh, defensive line is a position. Herman mentioned is a position of strength. You and I have talked about, it. I think you even said maybe sneaky, our best position uh, group on the entire roster on our preview last week. Um, but to go back to the thing you said before that, I think if you've been listening to this podcast, if you've been listening to Tom Herman, then maybe if you haven't paid close attention the Brandon Eagles' news, might surprise you. But Herman hasn't really mentioned him by name, and he's gone down, you know, to multiple freshmen, even Calvante Dixon, uh, who's who's hurt, and then you know, obviously we talked about T.O. Uh, true Mire being out for the season, who got a lot of you know, head coach talking about. You mean something? Um, those were guys who you know were getting looks as well. So I hope it means Tariq Black just came in and showed out and all the promise he showed as a high school recruit and early in his career, Michigan is being realized injuries are behind him and he's ready to put up a big monster year. Remember Trey Watson is the guy who came in later in his career and, and just really um, solidified an offensive role and became a fan favorite. I'd love to see that trajectory for him. Um, But you know, Brennan Eagles who, yeah, like you said, led, led the team in returning yards last year out of all players led the team in yards per per catch was you know in in the top three I think in touchdowns um it's a bit shocking but when the games when either Duvernay or Colin Johnson were out were some of Eagles worst games right when he was asked to step up and so I I think that maybe what this means is he's not your number one guy but he's still a home run threat until he builds in that confidence or builds out a skill set whatever it may be um I, I again I think wide receiver week 1 we've said this before versus wide receiver week 8 could be drastically different depth charts and and you know guys could move up and down and and this could truly be a season where we have you know 8 to 10 guys with with 15 to 20 catches right depending uh who's in who's healthy and who who's hot
0: absolutely and i think that that wide receiver room is thick in numbers and talent but thin in like experience and kind of on-the-field uh, success. And so I think that'll be interesting to see itself, sh- see it shake itself out as the season goes. We do have to talk about, I think, a couple more things. The secondary um, – well, one, before we move to the secondary, linebacker, overshone, outright winning that Will linebacker spot. I moved down from safety to Will linebacker. I think he's the biggest linebacker Texas has. I think he and Joseph Osai are 1-1A are one and one a at that. Uh, but it's – I. He's a guy who I think you got to find a spot for him on the field. And so, if it wasn't going to be at safety, I think moving him down to linebacker to add some athleticism there is a smart decision. Your starting defensive backs are as follows Deshaun Jameson at quarterback. Josh Thompson at cornerback, Chris Addy Mora at the spur, Chris Brown at strong safety. Caden Stearns at free safety. That's a good group. That's a real good group, especially when you look at the guys who are behind them playing twos.
1: Agreed. And, and, and you know, where we like the defensive line, I think this defensive back group has a chance to be special. And maybe by the end of the year, we're rightfully talking, you know, hype for, for a lot of these guys, talking about this being the best group on the on the team. If that's the case, I think this is a very successful year. For Texas, I don't, you know, ever mean to toot my own horn, honk, Kong beep, beep. Uh, but I believe last week two weeks ago i did predict this is my thought for the starting uh secondary down the list verbatim um again and that's even with my strong uh love and allegiances to Jalen green but uh it just seemed like through camp that that josh thompson earned that other spot and jameson made his you know on on it's a lock right on un, unapproachable so um good for all the, the the ones who got their spot but again this could be another group um that some guys show out, you know, have a couple good games because we will rotate. There will be dudes who get reps um, beyond just your, your starting five. It's the Big 12. You, you, you get gassed. You have, you know, 50 passes thrown at you a game. You're going to rotate in. Um, where, where other guys get a chance, you know, Jalen Green, Watson Cook, uh, you know, I think BJ Foster, um, who's a guy who I've been kind of tapping for a while that could potentially, you know, mix in with even with the linebacker group. We'll see, um, but guys will see the field, and, and if you you make the plays, you're going to see more of the field, right? This is week one um, again, so always remember that. And there's plenty of off weeks uh, slotted in through here too through this season, um, so there's always chances again that even from week one to week two that you see some change, or week one to week six. So, um, I really like our defensive backs though, and 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 I think there's a chance that. You see some guys really become. I don't know if there's a household name in this group right now for the kind of average uh, casual fan who isn't really you know treating this day depth chart day like a holiday. Um, but I think, this, <laughs> I think by the end of this, season, I think by the end of the season, you could make it a, a, a case that Caden Stearns is probably the closest thing to that. But I think by the end of the season, you could have more than just Stearns, right? Stearns being an absolute solidified you know Huff level household name. Um, to, you know, someone else stepping up and really truly being a guy that, you know, every fan uh, knows about and, and has a pretty uh, intimate knowledge of. I just think there's a lot of speed, obviously a lot of talent, and, and this is where we see kind of the changes in coaching staff, see how it pays off.
0: Thank you for the segue. I think a guy in that group that can end up being a household name is probably Deshaun Jameson, one because he's probably the most athletic defensive back of them, just pure like athlete to athlete. But he's also listed at number one for kick returns and punt returns, which gives you an opportunity to flash a little bit. So, our returners for the year are two kick returners Deshaun Jameson, and who's the man who's number three on the running back, back depth chart, Bijan Robinson is your number two kick returner also going to be in the mix. Jordan Whittington as well. So I'm glad to see B. John ain't going to be around for four years. So you (laughs) might as well let that brother get on the field. Anyway, you can Jamison also listed at number one for punt returning with Smith and Joshua Moore backing him up.
1: That's a lot of speed and athleticism in six six human beings. You just listed. Well, I guess five because Jameson's on there twice. Um, but you know, Bijan and Whittington, two you know, mega all time high school tape guys with with crazy recruiting like these are household names for anyone who's who follows recruiting even remotely right um so just you know it'll be fun for fans on the opening kickoff like rooting for you know let Jamison take it no 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 we want to see beach out you know um that's that's a fun problem to have again remember back I I spent minutes if not hours of my life on this podcast last season talking about how bad our punt return unit was um and and it seems like with um both hutzler and coach bulware and bringing in a guy like schooler that they are really prioritizing special teams this season and so this is a winning unit i mean i i'm i'm excited by all those guys and you know a, a name that I, I love to bring up anyways is joshua Moore. so i like him getting in the mix as well but just game breakers every single one of them is is take it to the house game breaker type of talent
0: Absolutely. So, again, no surprises elsewhere on special teams. Uh, Cameron Dicker will be handling the uh, the extra points at field goals. Ryan Bushevsky will be the punter. And uh, you'll have Bushevsky also as your holder with Darth Mader, Justin Mader, uh, a three year deep snapper for the Longhorns. So, we have now celebrated depth chart. Monday Kyle it's a national holiday at least if you're a college football nerd but we'll see how these players shape up on Saturday as they take on UTEP and you can catch us on Thursday previewing that matchup on this same podcast channel today's episode is brought to you by cars.com So now's the part of the show where we fit in everything that wasn't in our main segment, and we down the forty. So there have been some uh, some updates to the game day experience for uh, the University of Texas again, as uh, you know, COVID continues to be a thing. Uh, but there's the the new mobile app is there to help. Uh, With Navigate the Game Day experience, again, tickets, I believe, are completely virtual, um, but there are entrances that are – it'll tell you when the field entrances are happening, starting lineups, those types of things. I'll give you some look-ins on traditions uh, as well. Texas also, I believe, updated the – standards for what's happening at the stadium on game day as well. Again, no tailgating is the big one that we're all super sad about cashless payments at the concession stands, things that basically if you've gone to a store in the last six months, you're probably already used to, uh, Yeah, completing. there's no,
1: no tailgating at stores anymore.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and mobile payments, right? I haven't, I haven't been able to tailgate or use cash at Walgreens since March. And it's ridiculous. No. So, uh, It's going to be a different look, a different feel. If you've watched any of the college football that's been played over the last few days, then you've already seen that uh, it's different. But is it I don't know if it's noticeable, at least based on the product we're seeing.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the biggest one probably for Texas fans that you'll notice obviously without it being full um which you know snicker snicker Aggie or OU fans with whatever you might say. Um uh, you know a bad game is 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 85 to 90,000 people in the stands. Um so you know this will be significantly less at, at I think 25 or thereabouts at the axle, absolute um cap. So uh, the other huge you know Obviously, the thing you'll notice is the Longhorn Band uh, will not be there, will not be playing. Um, they announced just for multiple reasons they haven't had a chance to practice with kind of the new um, social distancing spacing limitations. They're waiting on some PPE, especially for the people who, you know, are, are using mouth to like really blow and they have special things they've never used that aren't even here yet um, that are supposed to protect so that they, you know, it may be a few weeks before we have uh, the band be a part of it. Um, and that's not even talking about the offseason um, where the band came into the discussion. So it'll be an interesting game to experience. Uh, all the way around, but uh, you know, if you are one of those folks going, um, you know, go go let us know how it is. Tweet at us, uh, send us pictures or or, or Instagram live, live videos. Yeah, exactly of how it's going. Um, you know, tweet at us at Longhorn Pod and then you know use the hashtag replies of Texas or, or hashtag Texas game day uh, and, and let us know how it is.
0: A couple of other quick football hitters. Big 12 Media Day is this week-long affair now leading up to the uh, to the start of the season it'll happen basically the week as we're talking right now Texas uh, will be featured on Thursday alongside TCU so you can see that uh, it'll be on the ESPN plus thing whatever that is uh, the big 12 network on ESPN plus which we can have a whole other conversation about how longhorn <laughs> network should just be the the big 12 network but again another conversation uh, Dejon Harrison uh, who was not listed on the depth chart surprisingly enough uh, opted out of the season he was probably not very high on the depth chart, true freshman. Um, again, a guy not expected to play much this year, but he is out for the season. Now, people that are in for the season, Texas soccer, they are officially going to be the first sport for the Longhorns to kick off of the 2020 season this Friday against Kansas, the first of a nine-game season.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a short season. I think they they couldn't split it in an even number, so they have five on the road and four games um, at home. And for all of the Austin area listeners, uh, all four of the games are free this season. I believe they also said happy hour alcohol pricing. Um, But uh, you can get in there and support the UT soccer team. There's, like I said, only nine games. So everyone matters. They start with Kansas, a team that I think went to the third round of the NCAA tournament last year. So they got some proven to do and a tough one right off the bat. But uh, yeah, nine games. I feel like, you know, soccer is... is, um, a sport that doesn't get it's it's lower on our probably percent attendance of all of our sports. So I'd love since there's only nine games condensed, if more folks get out there, at least tune in and cheer on uh, cheer on the the Longhorns women's soccer
0: team. It's free. Take the kids. Be like, hey, spouse, I'm going to take the kids for the afternoon. It's going to be free. Have some time for yourself. It's a real easy win for all of you uh, married folks out there, male or female. Your spouse always loves some me time. Uh, On the basketball side, Texas is working to replace not one but two – assistant coaches, and now they have one officially in the can. KT Turner officially named as an assistant. He was an associate head coach at SMU under Larry Brown and then Tim uh, Jankovic. So he is a guy who um, hopefully can fill a little bit of the Jai Lucas-sized hole that is currently on the Texas basketball coaching staff.
1: Yeah, and he's a guy who you know has had an interesting uh, career. He played under Tim Jankovic actually at a small – College um, before you know starting his journey, and then being back under him was under Larry Brown, and Larry Brown actually called Shaka a smart and said he's the best. Uh, assistant coach he's ever had coach for him which you know kind of boosted him up to the top of shaka's list when you get that call from a hall of famer um, who's had success at both the college and professional level um, so uh, just you know like i said obviously at smu under those two coaches was the associate head coach the past i think three or four years um, and led their their recruiting efforts at smu which again is a like for like replacement but also did coach for one season under greg marshall who's again a, a very very respected coach in the instability levels uh, at Wichita state for their Cinderella final four. He was only there one year and they went to the final four. So I'll take that. Put it uh market now Texas to the final four of however many teams
0: actually play. I mean, you add KT Turner to the staff, you add Shaka Smart's newly discovered hair, and <laughs> it's a recipe for success for Texas on the hardwood. Uh on the baseball on the diamond, uh the baseball 2020 recruiting class was named number 8 by Baseball America, hashtag Burnt Orange Media, conspiracy helping us out, not just on the gridiron, but on the diamond as well.
1: Yeah, 13-man recruiting class is, is 10 high school players, two graduate transfers we've talked about on this podcast, uh, and one uh, JUCO transfer. Um, they they basically re-rank um, these, right? So in, in November, if you remember, the same publication ranked... Texas as, as the number one class, which we were all very excited about, but then the, the shortened draft, only five rounds, four Longhorns disappeared, four in the top 100, I think uh, three in the top 50, I believe, uh, including the number one prospect in the class, right? handed pitcher Jared Kelly were all taken in the MLB draft and, and chose to forego. Uh, college even uh, is as alluring as the uh, 40 acres is. Um, so, you know, they, they, I guess you could say slightly dropped, but again, still at the third straight. Uh, top 10 classes ranked by Baseball America for Coach Pierce. And actually, the perfect game rankings came out and had this as the number five class. So either way you slice it, uh, they got a lot of good kids and a lot of seniors back, actually. We talked about uh, that because of the, the COVID and crazy kind of niss going on, the 40-round draft being shortened to five, we got some seniors who we maybe didn't expect to come back to be back. So all in all, uh, excited for baseball. Still a ways off, but uh, never too early to get excited.
0: Never too early to get excited, especially about 2021 baseball recruiting as well. So, uh, Ty Madden, a... Texas Longhorn player was named as a top 10 prospect uh, by D one baseball's preseason ranking. So somebody to watch if baseball happens this year, which we are hopeful it will someone to watch uh, on the mound for Texas. And so that brings us to the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, big Bertha and we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this
1: week? so i'm actually banging the drum on baseball um I, I you keep it topical there um but i'm going to the professional ranks um there has been a professional baseball season uh unlike some of the other leagues the uh WNBA, the nba and the nhl doing more of a bubble system they've done their own version um where they go out and they travel um and it's it's Probably not been quite as successful. This season has been a little bit weird. There's been games canceled, rescheduled, um, you know, teams that couldn't play for periods of time. Obviously, like everything else going on in the world right now, it's just a little bit different, a little bit weird, but that should not rule out. If you haven't been following it, uh, a Texas baseball player is having one of the best seasons in this shortened season so far um, that, that we've seen from someone transitioning their burnt orange to the major league colors. Um, I'm talking about Brandon Belt. If you're not aware, Belt is, is making kind of a, a, a crazy push for NL MVP. He's been as hot uh, as any player in the league, um, but his last month, um, basically there there have been you know serious baseball reporters who follow the sport Uh, For for decades, you've said that he may be having as hot a hitting stretch as any player in the history uh, of baseball. I mean, and that that's not to be too exaggeratory, but in his last 15 games, he's hitting 500. He has a perfect slugging percentage and on-base percentage over 600. Uh, his OPS currently leads the league. He's a healthy margin over Mike Trout, again, with some numbers that I had to double and triple check if they were even possible. Um, he, he's just been, you know, he, he hit, you know, a game-winning home run the other day. So it's not like he's just doing it, you know, in not-clutch situations. He's, um, you know, Brandon Belt was a, a big recruit, a guy who, you know, at Texas, we expected a lot from a team and just didn't get the run that they probably deserved with the amount of talent they had on it. Um, and a guy who's gone to the pros and had a solid career, but really hasn't um, taken that step up. I think he has one all-star selection. But, I mean, just to, to really reinvent uh, his game, you can break down his, his hitting stance. is his switched up during the... Uh, the offseason a bit, and it just seems to be paying dividends. He got off to a slightly slow start, um, but still is leading the league in, in at least one, if not multiple, especially advanced uh, statistics right now just because he is just absolutely crushing the ball. And when he's not, he's he's got an incredible eye chalking up walks. I mean, like I said, he, he could put a legendary historical type OPS uh, number if, if this pace is to be kept up. But uh, it will be interesting. It kind of started as a joke a couple weeks ago when he, when he came out of nowhere on fire, Brandon Belt for MVP. Um, but now the, the actual capital B, capital T, um, big capital H, big talking heads uh, of the major <laughs> networks are actually talking about it. And so Brandon Belt uh, has all the momentum going for him right now. And this is a a feel-good story for Longhorn fans, uh, you know, desperate for for some success uh, at the major leagues.
0: Yeah, and and I think for the Longhorns, it feels good to have, like, a guy who's playing at that level uh, in the majors, and especially a guy who's been his entire career, I think, with the Giants, right? He hasn't bounced around. So he's got a couple of World Series under his belt, but uh, no. that was not actually a pun intended. That just happened to happen. Uh, But he... He's a guy who I think was beloved by Texas fans, and so seeing him find success at the next level is just even better. And,
1: and I'll give you one more thing. If you like advanced sabermetrics and you're, you're, you're a deep stat geek, uh, you know, in baseball is the best of them, weighted runs created Ooh, plus, it. WRC plus, um, maybe my favorite, like, true um, – rating statistic. It it takes credit for, you know, each outcome of a hitter's rather than treating everything equally. Um, It takes single, double, you know, different levels um, and and scales it uh, effectively so that it's against league average, right? So it sets a league average and then however high you are above 100 effectively um, means how much you are above league average. I think he's at 138. Juan Soto, who's been hot all year, leads the league at 142. So again, if Belt keeps this trajectory that he's on he'll be leading um in probably i think the truest metric of who's the best hitter in the league um so it's it's definitely not a fluke i mean he is he's a better than pretty much everyone else in major league baseball right now
0: i'm okay with it again a guy who we love deserves uh to find success so uh i'm banging the drum this week on tom herman and i do this a lot because i feel like um people outside of Longhorn conversations like just kind of like to crap on Herman for various reasons and so I love highlighting when Tom Herman gets it right Uh, it's been a lot this offseason and he announced today that he got it right yet again so in spite of the importance of college football and potentially what's going on with the University of Texas in November Tom Herman has announced that he is giving the team off for election day they will not have practice they will not have organized team events they will have the day off and The team will also be providing transportation to polling places. If the team and members of the team choose to go vote, they will get them there to do so, which is just absolutely incredible. I think with all of the conversation about social justice and change and societal change and all of that. And Herman being one of the coaches, it's kind of at the forefront of it uh, as far as like letting the players lead and letting the players uh, really have a voice to do it like this and to continue on the path that he's on to let these young men really be leaders. And I think, um, again, college football is, I don't want to call it important, but it's something that people look to and and it matters to a lot of people. And so I think the simple fact that in November – which is the kind of the heart of the season where things could be going one of two ways for the university of Texas to give them a full day off for practice to go vote is vastly more important than what's happening between the chalk lines.
1: Two things, Gerald one. uh, Can you imagine a world where the entire United States follows uh, Tom Herman's lead and and makes it a national holiday. So people can go vote and creates transportation and actually encourages and and makes it, uh, easier rather than harder for every person uh, to participate in the most important you know part of a democratic uh, process but also from the football perspective because this is a Texas Longhorn football podcast um, they play West Virginia that week and remember West Virginia required a one of the sickest plays of the past 10 years interception from uh, mr. Jameson and and, and then a <laughs> maybe my favorite play of the past decade fat guy touchdown from uh, Sam Cosme to seal that one last year. So it's, uh, it it is a game week. Um, I, I appreciate that Tom Herman is, it's not, you know, like a cop out on a bye week is saying, Hey, there's things more important than football. And he's, he's, uh, walking the walk as much as he talks the talk.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's been, that's, that's been a huge, huge, uh, insight into, I think what he has grown and matured over these last 12 months. But that's all we've got for you for our first game week podcast of 2020. Kyle, if people want to find out more of what you got, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer. We're back, baby. You can follow the Texas
0: Pregamer at Texas Gamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at gh Show on Twitter at LonghornPod. Choose an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook as well. We're going to do some uh, game day things on the Facebook page, so uh, go ahead and follow us there as well. Uh, we'd love to connect with you on Facebook. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and until next time, hook'em. Hook'em.
1: Never forget the battle of